0: This is episode 505 of the AWS podcast, released on February 13th, 2022.
1: Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast.
0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon, here with you. Great to have you back. And I'm joined, of course, by Nikki Stone. G'day, Nikki.
1: Hi, Simon. Always glad to be back. It's always a pleasure.
0: It is always fun, but it is a bittersweet one today because this is your last episode because you are going on to pastures new and opportunities different.
1: It is bittersweet for me. It is very sad to say that I this is my last show and I will be leaving Amazon to see some some different pastures, new adventures in my future.
0: Oh, we wish you well, and it's you've been a great Amazonian, and I'm sure you'll continue to just go from strength to strength. But I believe Nikki, there's also you know you're you're a you're a, you're a software person you've spent a lifetime delivering great outcomes and products and software but I believe you have a very different kind of deliverable that's coming up and and you are very much you know unlike agile you're very strict on the delivery date and the definition of done um, <laughs> is there a bit of news you want to share with it the, with it the, with the uh, listeners?
1: yes um so I'm also expecting my first child and mm-hmm. uh unlike software, you say it's going to come on a certain date, but actually pretty similar to software. It could be late. It could come early. It That's could come true. whenever.
0: That's true. Um,
1: yeah. So I, I am I am also going on maternity leave at my it's new double location. Whammy.
0: <laughs> double whammy. double yeah.
1: whammy. I'm leaving well, just a little bit earlier than I would have uh, from Amazon, but yes, I will be gone for a good chunk of time spending time with a new little one.
0: Well, it's it's a very exciting, and we wish you well with 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 the the birth and the baby and. The, uh, I think the biggest thing I can wish you is a normal and boring process. <laughs> These are the <laughs> words you want to hear. <laughs> normal, boring, typical.
1: <laughs> I love that. Average. And an easy, <laughs> just easy. Run, of, run of the go. Yeah. Well, also, you know, if I make some weird sounds during the show, like he is jabbing me in my side right now. Uh-huh. He's been doing it all day. Go. So karate
0: he's kicking. A,
1: He's punching directly the side of my stomach. Like, I thought he was just, just
0: trying boom. to do some, uh, do some yak shaving in there. He's trying to. Trying to cut some code and you can't can't fix. I don't know.
1: Maybe that's what's happening. It's unclear (laughs) right now. I'm just getting some big punches. He's not happy with your SDK
0: (laughs) that you're providing in there,
1: (laughs) or he doesn't like it when I talk. Maybe it might
0: be that. Then he's going to have a bad
1: life. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, You know, it's funny because. Sometimes my husband doesn't like it when I'm on the phone, so maybe he just takes after his dad. There you
0: go. It could be You could be outnumbered, surely. <laughs> well, <laughs> let, let's get into the show. I've got a bunch of updates to go through. Let's start with the topic of analytics. So Amazon Managed Streaming for Apache Kafka or Amazon MSK now has an option to provision storage throughput, and it means you can get really high performance of up to 100 MBytes per second of throughput. And you can scale your I.O. requirements past 250 megabytes per second without having to provision additional brokers. So this is really nice for those high-performance applications. Amazon Kinesis Data Firehose now delivers to Honeycomb. So if you have Honeycomb users who are building using that no-code, low-code approach, you can give them those data feeds using not just Amazon S3, but you can also use the Amazon Kinesis Data Firehose to send the data in there, which is pretty cool. It's cool. If you're visualizing data using Amazon QuickSight, there are now comparative and cumulative date-time calculations. So you can do year over year, year to date, all that cool stuff that is important to provide useful pieces of data. And it means no more row offsets, pre-computed columns, all that other yak shaving you end up having to do to try and calculate that. Amazon Managed Workflow for Apache Airflow MWAA now supports Apache Airflow version 2.2 and web server plugins as well. Um, So this allows you to set up your end-to-end data pipelines in the cloud and you get a lot more interface extensibility with the web server plugins. And finally, there's improved progress updates for Blue Green deployments for Amazon Open Search Service. So this allows you to see the completion of different steps within an update, such as the creation and deletion of instances and the process of shard migration as well. So this is a really useful approach when you're basically running two parallel production environments as you're upgrading, one live and one idle, and then switching across. This gives you great insight into is it working uh, and what's going on, which is pretty cool.
1: Super cool. Moving on to the topic of application integration, two quick updates here. First is uh, Step Functions has added mocking support for testing workflows locally. This one actually sounds super helpful. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Step Functions Local is a runtime for debugging and testing your state machine workflows locally, and it is now designed to support mocking for service integrations, allowing you to run those state machines locally without the need to call downstream services. Uh, so you can download step functions local, and then you can now mock the responses from your service integrations, which saves you time and lowers development efforts when building those state machines. Sounds really cool. I feel like that that's super useful. Very and the last one here, yeah, the last one here is Amazon AppFlow now supports bidirectional transfer of data between SAP applications and AWS. Uh, So you can now create and update records in SAP ERP and Business Warehouse with Amazon AppFlow and SAP OData APIs using the Amazon AppFlow SAP OData Connector. Today's release builds upon existing functionality, which allows customers to read data from SAP systems as a source using the SAP OData Connector. And the OData Connector is now available as a destination for flows as well. Combined, both of these capabilities provide for bi-directional data movement between AWS and SAP systems with optional private link security. So if you use SAP, you're probably excited about this one.
0: One update in the topic of business applications, the Amazon Chime SDK now supports video background replacement. So now developers can replace the webcam video background with an image to reduce visual distractions and also to help increase visual privacy. This is in addition to the ability of, of course, using background blur. So if blurring is not enough, you can now just replace the background. (laughs) Take it away.
1: Moving on to the topic of compute, Lambda has provided auto-scaling improvements for Amazon MSK and self-managed Apache Kafka as event sources. So this improves performance and lowers cost for customers. So Lambda starts with one consumer and checks the offset lag metric every minute and scales up or down every three minutes. Mm -hmm. Lambda also allows up to one consumer per partition per topic for a Kafka cluster, Previously, Lambda used to start connection with Kafka clusters at 50% of maximum number of consumers, check for offset lag, and scale up consumers every 15 minutes. So now it's doing it more frequently. Looks like it's probably better for, for cost and performance. Moving on here, Amazon RDS for Postgres SQL and Amazon RDS on AWS Outposts now support Postgres SQL 14. So both of these support major version 14, which includes performance improvements for parallel queries heavily concurrent workloads, partition tables, logical replication, and vacuuming. 14 also improves functionality with new capabilities. For example, you can cancel long-running queries if a client disconnects and you can close idle sessions if they time out. In addition, stored procedures now return data. That's important.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kind Kind of really important.
1: Um, Moving on here, Uh, Amazon uh, EC2 has launched the X2IEZN instances, so they are now generally available. They're powered by second-generation Intel Xeon scalable processors with an all-core turbo frequency of up to 4.5 gigahertz, the fastest in the cloud. These instances deliver the highest all-core turbo CPU performance performance from the Intel Xeon scalable processors in the cloud and deliver up to 55% better compute price performance than the X1e instances. They're a great fit for electronic design automation workloads as well as relational databases that benefit from high single-threaded processor performance and a large memory footprint. The combination of the high single-threaded compute performance and a 32 to 1 ratio of memory to vCPU make the X2IEZN instances an ideal fit for those electronic design automation workloads, including physical verification, static timing analysis, power sign-off, and full chip gate level simulation and database workloads that are license-bounded. They're pretty cool instances. They're actually coming in six sizes here, it looks like, uh, ranging from 8 to 48 vCPUs with 256 to 1536 gigabytes of memory, and they feature up to 100 gigabytes per second of networking with support from the elastic fabric adapter and up to 19 gigabytes of throughput to EBS. They're also available as bare metal instances. Pretty cool. Very cool. And lastly for this topic, the LightSail CDN now supports the LightSail container services as origins. So LightSail containers can be configured as the origin of a LightSail CDN distribution with just a few clicks from the LightSail console. The CDN is, of course, backed by CloudFront. So with the LightSail CDN, you can not only improve the scalability and availability of the applications you have running on those LightSail containers, but also accelerate the delivery of applications using Amazon's global network.
0: Moving on to the topic of customer engagement, Amazon Connect Chat now supports a configurable chat duration of up to seven days. So now you can go from one hour to seven days. So this uh, really defines how long your customers have to resume a chat interaction before it expires. And that's actually really interesting because sometimes, you know, you have um, uh, very disjointed chats. And this means you don't have to kind of tell everything from the start again. You can just pick it up. Contact Lens for Amazon Connect now supports custom vocabulary for tuning transcription accuracy. So now you can help the speech recognition of product names, brand names, and domain specific terminology by expanding the vocabulary of Contact Lens's speech to text engine. So this means you get things much easier. You can also add a custom pronunciations using the international phonetic alphabet characters. Uh, for each out of lexicon term so you can handle crazy things like these weird Australians that don't know how to speak the language properly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to the topic of database, RDS Performance Insights now supports query execution plan capture for RDS for Oracle, so you can more easily identify if a change in the query execution plan is the cause of a worse performing or a stuck query. So a query execution plan is a sequence of steps used to access data in a relational database management system, and the query optimizer chooses the optimal execution plan for many alternative ways to execute a given query with widely varying performance. Because query optimizers do not always make the most optimal choice, database users and admins sometimes need to manually examine and tune the plans to improve performance. Correlating this uh, performance data can take hours without the specialized expertise Performance Insights helps you identify those most resource-intensive SQL queries and now also collects the query execution plans of those same resource-intensive SQL queries in RDS for Oracle and stores them over time. So you can determine if a change in performance of a query is due to a different query execution plan, and if so, make improvements to your application to optimize the query, add or remove an index, or scale up your database.
0: Onto the topic of machine learning, Amazon Lex, which is a service for building conversational interfaces using voice and text, now has multiple transcripts and confidence score support for speech input. The transcripts provide alternate interpretations, I should say, of the user's speech input, and each transcript is associated with a confidence score that indicates the likelihood of a match. And this is really useful for enhancing the conversation design, which is very nifty. Amazon SageMaker Jumpstart models now support custom VPC and KMS settings. So if you want to accelerate your machine learning workflows and have uh, custom VPC settings and the like, you can. This means you can also set all your encryption settings, your EBS and S3 settings as well to make sure they're all as they should be. Amazon SageMaker Autopilot has a couple of improvements. It now has support for the Apache Parquet file format and it also now has support for data sets of up to 100 gig. So this increases on the previous limit of 10 gig. So now you can process those sizes of up to hundred gig by default. And what this allows you to do is to subsample your data set, your larger data sets and accounts for things like class imbalance and preserving rare class labels and doing a whole bunch of other stuff that makes training easier. Nice. We're also happy to announce the launch of prediction explanations for Amazon fraud detector models. Now, these report the impact of the predictors or the input variables on a fraud score. And this helps customers get greater visibility into how an ML model arrived at a particular fraud score. Now, the Amazon fraud detector AFD is a fully managed service that makes it easy to identify potential fraudulent online activities like the creation of fake accounts or online payment fraud. And using machine learning under the hood, it's based on over 20 years of fraud detection expertise uh, from what we have been doing in the past. And you can imagine the Amazon team does a lot of work around fraud. And so this puts it in the hands of customers, which is pretty cool.
1: So cool. Amazon Textract has added synchronous support for single page PDF documents and support for PDF documents containing JPEG 2000 encoded images. This is a huge one, actually, because I know a lot of customers that have asked for this. So previously, customers had to convert PDF documents to PNG or JPEG formats prior to calling TextRacks synchronous APIs. So those are your detect document text, analyze document, analyze expense, or analyze ID in order to extract your text and data from documents such as claim forms, invoices, receipts, contract agreements, ID documents, and application forms. So now, you don't have to do that pre-processing step and TextRack will support your single-page PDF documents um, via those operations so that customers can extract the text and data from PDFs without converting to PNG or JPEG. And then additionally, TextRack also supports JPEG 2000 encoded images inside PDF documents. You can now extract text from JPEG 2000 encoded images within your PDF documents. And lastly for this topic, Panorama appliances are now available for purchase on Amazon.com and Amazon Business. I actually did a launch episode on Panorama. It's a very cool device. So you can now purchase the Panorama appliance from Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, Amazon.co.uk, and all the other countries that you can basically access Amazon from. Uh, The appliance uh, brings computer vision to on-prem internet protocol cameras. So with Panorama, companies can use compute power at the edge to improve their operations by automating visual inspection tasks like evaluating manufacturing quality, finding bottlenecks in the industrial process, and assessing worker safety within their facility. It's actually really nice because um, the processing happens locally at the edge, so customers can save on bandwidth costs, especially in locations with limited internet bandwidth. Let's say your facility just doesn't have that... uh, insane internet bandwidth, because it's a manufacturing facility and it doesn't need it. You can now use the Panorama Appliance. And of course it's integrated with SageMaker. So you can train those models up and deploy them to your Panorama appliances. Very
0: nifty. Moving on to the topic of management and governance. AWS Systems Manager now has higher concurrency for automation executions. So now uh, the automation will automatically increase or decrease the concurrency quota based on your scaling requirements, and it can be up to 500 concurrent executions. So you can now get a lot more done in a lot shorter time. And AWS Systems Manager Automation now enables monitoring of service usage quota in Amazon CloudWatch. So you can see how much you're using. You can set thresholds, alarms, all that good stuff to know what you're using and when.
1: Moving on to the topic of networking and content delivery, the AWS Cloud Map API now supports IPv6, which is great, so it allows applications to connect to the Cloud Map endpoints over IPv6, which allows you to more easily integrate with existing IPv6-based applications and reduce the need for expensive networking equipment to, of course, handle the address translation between IPv4 and IPv6. And lastly for this topic, metrics are now available for AWS PrivateLink. You can now access five new metrics when using PrivateLink for VPC endpoints and VPC endpoint services. So you can use metrics to track traffic volume and number of connections through your endpoints, monitor packet drops, and view connection resets by the surface. If you're an endpoint service owner, you will also have visibility into the number of bytes, connections and resets for your endpoint service, In addition, service owners can also track the total number of endpoints connected to their service and view metrics per connected endpoint. By default, metrics are published at one minute intervals for all private link-based endpoints and endpoint services. And of course, you don't have to pay any extra charges to get access to those metrics. Very nice.
0: On to the topic of security, identity, and compliance. One update here, but an important one. Amazon GuardDuty now protects Amazon Elastic Kubernetes Service clusters. So this helps you identify malicious or suspicious behavior that represents potential threats to container workloads. So Amazon GuardDuty for EKS protection monitors control plane activity by analyzing Kubernetes audit logs from existing and new EKS clusters in your account. Now, if you do not have Amazon Guard Duty turned on on your account in general, I highly recommend you do. Um, there's a 30-day free trial, so you can see what it's like, but I have it on all my accounts because it's just that catch-all of weird stuff that's going on. And my favourite Amazon Guard Duty story is when I got an alert because I logged onto my account from an aeroplane back in the days where we could fly, um, and it said, I've never <laughs> seen you log on from this location before, and I thought, this is good. I'm happy with this. <laughs>
1: I second that. You should definitely turn it on in your accounts. (laughs) There's been some good discoveries. Yeah, you find some stuff. (laughs) Yes, yes, you do. Moving on to uh, our last topic today, storage. We have announced the Amazon Elastic File System Replication, which provides you a really easy way to keep an up-to-date copy of your file system in a second AWS region or within the same region. The EFS replication enables you to replicate file data with just a few clicks and without requiring you to manually provision additional infrastructure or a custom process to monitor and synchronize data changes. It's designed to meet a recovery point objective and recovery time objective of minutes, enabling you, of course, to meet your business continuity and compliance requirements. Sounds awesome. You should probably turn it on and replicate it to <laughs> another exactly. region. Exactly. <laughs> um, Lastly here, the Amazon S3 File Gateway has added schedule-based network bandwidth throttling. So S3 File Gateway now supports schedule-based network bandwidth throttling, which enables you to optimize network use between your data center and Amazon S3 storage for data synchronization. Customers that share their internet or direct connect access with other on-prem applications can now schedule when and how much bandwidth S3 File Gateway uses. That's mm-hmm. super handy. hmm You can, of course, throttle the network bandwidth used by the gateway to synchronize on-prem data with AWS based on a schedule you set on the gateway, which gives you the ability to optimally use your network connection to AWS and regulate bandwidth use during peak time to minimize network congestion and use all your available bandwidth during off-peak hours, of course. And lastly, Amazon FSX for NetApp on tap now enables you to grow your SSD storage capacity. So Amazon FSx for NetApp ONTAP now enables you to increase your SSD storage capacity with the click of a button, which makes it super easy to evolve your storage needs over time. The file systems have two storage tiers, primary storage and capacity pool storage. Primary storage is provisioned high-performance SSD storage for the active or latency-sensitive portion of your data set. Capacity pool storage is a fully elastic storage that can scale to petabytes in size and is cost optimized for that infrequently accessed portion of your data. Of course, now you can grow your SSD storage capacity for the active portion of your data. That's
0: nice, one click grow, we like it. So that brings us to the end of today's episode and and Nikki, I just want to thank you for the contribution made to the podcast. I know you've done some amazing work with with the update shows with of course the launch episodes and, and many other things plus your day job as well. Um, So I just wanted (laughs) to give you a a thank you and and thank you for all the listeners for all the great work you've done.
1: Well, I thank you so much for inviting me onto the podcast and allowing me to contribute in the ways that I have. It has seriously been my pleasure and I will definitely miss you,
0: Simon. Now, people can stay in touch with you through the awesome power of the internet and the socials. How do they do that?
1: That's right. Um, You can uh, follow me for updates on my next adventure on my Twitter my Twitter handle is knee like your knee and a key 23. That's K-N- D-E-K-E-Y 23. Please feel free to DM me. I love answering all of my DMs, especially even if it's about AWS stuff. Happy to still help out where I can. I will definitely be watching as a customer now.
0: <laughs> Excellent. And we do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at Amazon.com is the other place to do it. And of course, until next time, keep on building.